Hey listeners, welcome to Name Drop San Diego. This is Abby Hamblin with my co-host, Christy Totten. Thanks for joining us. On this episode, we're diving into the world of fashion, a place where Abby and I can honestly say we haven't spent enough time. <laughs> Luckily for us, our guest today is a fashion designer, Kenneth Farless, and we didn't miss the opportunity to ask for some fashion advice. He called in from his production warehouse in Bonita, surrounded by sewing machines and mannequins. We talked to him about how he got started in the industry, how being an immigrant from the Philippines has impacted his work, and what it's like to see his designs on red carpets, in magazines, and in music videos for artists like Cardi B and Janet Jackson. One of my personal favorites was one of his looks that Carrie Underwood wore to the Country Music Awards. Just search Kenneth Varless on YouTube and you will see some seriously dazzling designs. Here's our interview with Kenneth. Okay, so thank you so much for joining us, uh, especially because there's a pandemic going on. There's a little bit of news related to that for you. So we just wanted to start by asking you about your mask making project. Yeah, so the mask making project, it started back, I believe, a month or two months ago when the whole pandemic just really became like a shutdown, you know, like when we can we can go anywhere. So how it started was I have a lot of clients, lush friends that trying to order something online or they're trying to get their mask, but there's nowhere to find. So they asked me if I can make something. And in the beginning, I was like, it's not my expertise. You know, like you're still kind of scared to kind of like get into that, um, to that, to that area. But I guess, you know, like all like the, all these people are trying to like help me, like make me feel comfortable in doing what I do. And then I just did it. So I, the way I designed it, I bring my, because I have a degree in biology, so I am kind of quite aware of like the whole bacteria, the whole viruses and stuff like that. So I literally used that idea of what I know in that science field and incorporating it in fashion. So that's why I made the front of the mask very fashionable very fashion forward, you know, we, we use bold colors, bold prints, and I mean, the list can go on with our selections. However, the way it was built and designed, it's very um, functionable. So there is three different layers in that mask. And in between, it's like that extra filter. Because during that time, like the fear of going out, fear of being around people is like super high. Like if you go to department store, trying to find food, trying to buy water. You're scared to be around people. And that's how I designed it, so that you know that you feel safe and you know that you're safe when you're around people because you don't know what's going to happen. So that's why there is that three extra layers there. And then we tested it also with the whole light match. So if you blow the candle, um, if, if it has that see-through, like the air filtrations, and if the fire will move, then you know that it's not safe enough. But we tested it out and all that, and we all like, we all passed. So we're happy about that, because then personally, I used it also um, for myself. So that's how everything started. And then, because the whole unemployment happened, all this like, um, everything just starting to like, become crazy, you know? So, I talked to my seamstresses and I don't want to let go of anybody in my team. I want to make sure that I'm able and I'm capable of helping them. So the whole mask project became like an insight of the Kenneth Barless production. 
I use all of like we sew morning and night with masks, like literally masks. And we provided with so many things to the community and all the funds that we collected goes back to the seamstress payment. So they don't need to file unemployment. They have jobs to keep. And as well as we are donating it to our elderly care. And I have a bunch of like, um, you know, like support from our community here, from business owners to individuals. And I think that makes this project really successful. And as of today, as we're speaking, we already contributed about maybe close to 20 to 30,000 pieces of mass to just San Diego alone. So we're very proud of that. I'm very proud of my team. So take us back in time. How did you initially get involved or get into fashion? So, oh, that's, I feel like that's a history ago. That's like a whole, like a whole lifetime ago. Um, when I started fashion, you know, especially after finishing my, my degree in biology, it's like never even a thought that I could be a fashion designer. But I think that's like one of those, um, you know, like I I'm always believe on the right path will take you to like the right places. And after I graduated in college, I think I was 18, 19, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got into UCSD for med school and I was like, I did the orientation, I did all that, you know, but it's not for me. And I felt like it's not because um, UCS, UCSD is a great school, you know, but I, my heart wasn't in it. So I searched and looked around what my heart desires to, and I came across FIDM, so the one in San Diego, so I came and I, I made an appointment, visited the campus. When walking into the school, I see different colors of walls. I, I go to the library and I see like different covers of Vogue magazines from all over the world. So that's where I was like, okay, I find a home here. Like this is where I wanted to be. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but this is the place I wanted to be in. So that's how everything started. And then when I dig into more research about the programs, what I wanted to do, then that's when I, I decided to be a fashion designer. So never came across in my mind that I, I, when I grow up, I want to be a fashion designer. Nothing like that, you know? So yeah, but it, now I'm here and I, I love every minute of it. What were the projects or things that really made you excited as you started fashion school? Like what um, made you feel and know that you were doing the right thing? You know, I think, okay, there's so many ways to put this together. First, the time, it, time it's, it's a time-consuming project. You know, this career, if you don't have patience, good luck. You're never going to survive because you just have to keep going and going and going and you don't know when it's going to be finished. I mean, literally, there's no finish like, on this kind of project. But what keeps me excited is that Having this idea in your head of what you wanted to do, this visual, like, okay, I wanted to create this collection. I wanted to, like, from, from that concept, developing concept, creating samples, creating pattern into the final product, and then send it out to consumers, and consumers have this amazing feedback, then that keeps me excited. Because I love the idea of creating something from nothing. And that is like self-fulfillment for me. So 
every single time I have something in my mind, I just write it down and then, you know, go a uh, month goes by or days goes by. And if I keep thinking about it over and over again, then I have to do it. Is there as much sketching in your world as I imagine there is? Like, do you have just notebooks full of just designs and doodles and silhouettes? I have, I have actually like, okay. I have samples right here. So this is my new project that I'm working on. So these are hand sketch and then I transfer them into illustrations. So this project is, so basically the, the idea is I want everybody to kind of like ex to see the hand sketch, that feeling of that, and I transfer them into greeting cards. So when you receive this kind of greeting cards, if you send them or you receive them, it feels so good because it's not just a typical floral there or like a, you know, like how greeting cards are. So now these are some samples. So this is the first one. Oh, that's beautiful. Would you describe that for us? Because our listeners will just be hearing this in audio and podcast. It's so beautiful. <laughs> okay. So, so this first design I have, is originally um, a wedding dress. However, my client, so this is an actual garment. Wow. I made them into for a client. So we made them into an evening dress. And so it's like a see-through body dress like that. And then it has it's, it has a long, it's a long sleeve. However, on long sleeve, it has those details of Baroque style. So those in real in reality, we made them into laces. And then, so you can see the details of that. And you're all covered by this see-through mesh, but yet at the same time, it's see-through in your body. It hugs your body correctly. And then the details are just, uh, it's just amazing. It is so beautiful. It's like all hand-beaded, yeah. So this sketch now is um, transferred into greeting cards, and I think it's gonna be available next month. So if you have a birthday parties or if you have wanted to send a thank you letter or like thinking of you kind of letter. So you can use all of this. And then the second one also, this is one of my favorite dress that I made for a pageantry. She used this for Miss Earth um, competition. And once again, this is all um, illustrated now. So the colors are so rich. It has more like texture to it. And yeah, it's just so dramatic. I love it. And so this is your drawing? Yes, these are all hand sketch drawing of mine. Yes. So it's kind of amazing to me because you mentioned, you know, going to college, thinking you would go into medicine, discovering you weren't really that into it. But I mean, that's so talented. You have to have really liked like drawing, art, fashion growing up too, right? Um, I think, okay, there's two ways again. I think growing up in my culture, being Filipino, um, art, at least in my family, at least in my family, art is not considered as a career. You know, you have to be a nurse. That's the number one thing. You have to be a doctor. You have to be an engineer. So those are the things that our parents are always putting in our head that you need to be one of those. So I never entertained of being a fashion designer. So I never thought of having a talent in art. And then, you know, when as I am getting older, I remember this after I take my finals exams on, on um, while I was in college, I always sketch something for my teachers. Like it's either like a stick figure or like some dresses or something on my test papers, on my test papers. So 
I hope I can find all those test papers now because I think those are going to be so um, funny to look at, you know, very valuable. But those are like, that's, I think that's how my, my inner, um, my, my inner talent starting to come out without really thinking of it. Has your family been accepting of your career choice? I mean, you know, obviously you're very successful, but was there pushback in the beginning? Oh yeah. I think in the beginning, especially that, like what I said, art is not a talent. It's not, um, it's not a career. So when I told my, my, especially my mom and my grandmother, I said, I don't want to be um, a doctor. I don't want to be a nurse. They're like, no, you're smart. You know, you can do this because I graduated valedictorian in high school. So I have like um, all the good grades, basically, you know, I was in dance list in college. So they always have this idea of me being in the medicine world. And I love inventing things. And I think that's where I transferred that into fashion. So now, you know, I still invent things. I still love them. And in the beginning, they're just like, you know, don't do that. You can do that as a hobby. Do that on your free time. But I guess I have a stubborn heart. And then I just pursued it, you know. And I told myself, I have to be successful in this thing so that they can see it that this could be a career and not just a hobby. And I am hoping that I made I made that very clear <laughs> to, to my family that it could possibly work. And I think, you know, the lesson that I've learned from this is just, as, as long as you follow your, you know, your heart to it, you're never going to be a failure. Do you remember your very first garment that you made? What was it? Yes. <laughs> my first garment was, um, so, okay. So, before I entered to, oh, when, I, when I was in school, our first project was to create a small version of like a polo shirt. And um, so I, I made the pattern, I made the cutting, I made the sewing and all that. And maybe it's like a baby shirt, like maybe like this big, you know, like maybe it could fit for like a three-year-old or four-year-old baby. But that little garment took me at least a couple of weeks to, to stitch. Morning and night, morning and night, morning and night. And like what I said, if you don't have that kind of like perseverance, the fire, that enjoyment of what you're doing, you're never going to complete that first um, garment. And you're just going to give up because it's not for you. You know, but I think I, I, I am so close to giving up in the beginning because I was like, oh, this is harder than I thought. I thought being a fashion designer is all about glamour. It's all about just fun and just creating something and then, it's just like Cinderella moment. It's just like a little whip. And then it became like this amazing ball gown. Fashion design is basically hard work. And you have to make sure that you please everybody that wears them. Because everybody's different. I have to say, I mean, it does still seem pretty glamorous, especially like working with celebrities. You've worked with some really incredible celebrities, you know, Cardi B, Janet Jackson, Carrie Underwood. Um, what was that always a goal of yours and what is that even like so when i started uh, my career i was so happy that i sold my first white dress to a friend of mine for 20 dollars okay <laughs> that 20 dollar dress made my whole life like oh my god like you know like that oh my god moment you're like oh they like it and they're willing to give me their 20 dollars for my one month work <laughs> 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 so I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. So never really came into my, into my mind that 
I could dress celebrities like this. And most especially on the prime time of their careers. Never thought of it. But I think that's a blessing in disguise because when you love what you do, the right path, the right direction will just lead you to it. And, you know, as I am like building my brand, creating pieces, designing left and right, and have a lot of courage and perseverance because, you know, anybody could take that away from you. But I keep going and then one opportunity lead to another and then that's where I'm at. And I was like, oh, we dressed her. And now I watch TV. I'm like, I met her, you know. I, I watch and listen to radio while driving. I was like, yeah, like I was hanging out with her like two weeks ago. So yeah, it's an incredible feeling for sure. Who's your dream person to dress? Like if you could dress anyone or have anyone wear Kenneth Farless, who would it be? So when I started, I only have this celebrity in mind and her name <laughs> is Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. So I love that lady so much i think she is the perfect um if i'm going to describe my brand into a human being or an actress i think anne hathaway is everything she's so classy but yet funny she's just so confident but yet she's very humble you know and i think that is kenneth barland a barlist is all about like you know, we can do whatever you wanted, you know, but we're not going to be so cocky about it. Like, we want to make sure that when you wear Kenneth Barless, I want you to feel good because it's something that reflects your personality. And, you know, Anne Hathaway has been just that icon to me. And I've met and worked with a lot of celebrities besides her. So I am putting it right now in the universe that if she listens to this or if she knows anybody she does she does she's an avid listener <laughs> like um she is my my ultimate like woman crash my ultimate like you know dream goal to dress yeah even she just tried it on i i think that's when i think that's when i was like okay i made it to hollywood moment you know when I think of Anne Hathaway, she just, you know, I think of sort of classic beauty, right? Very American, very easy going, like effortless beauty. Is that like what you want to convey with your brand? Yeah, I think that my brand is all about like that modern sexiness, but yet it's still very whimsical. I wanted my audience when they wear a Kenneth Barless, I want them to feel excited. I want them to feel that it's not just a garment, you know, like when you wear it, especially our evening dresses, I want you to feel like you're like the most beautiful woman in that room. I want you to feel sexy. I want you to feel like, I don't want you to be sitting on the corner ashamed or shy about what you're wearing. I want you to go out there and, you know, reach your goal and just be in front of all these people enjoying your time and had a great time. So that's, that's the kind of, Kenneth Barless woman I'm looking for that I love dressing up. My sister works in fashion and so I called her up for help on this because I didn't want to sound like I didn't know certain stuff in fashion. (laughs) (laughs) And even the way she phrased this question, I think uh, I wouldn't have thought to ask it this way. So I'm glad I reached out to her because I think this is an important question. It seems like something that's meaningful to you. So the question is, um, how do you come up with the story your clothes are telling or is there like a common theme you want people to think of when they think of your clothes so that's a very good question because in every designer i think that's how you start a collection so the way i make my 
so every collection, every every season is different. But I think the common thing for me is going back to to being whimsical, being fairy tale like. You know, because I I'm very hopeless romantic. I always wanted to to find this like perfect guy in like while I'm walking in the park. You know, like <laughs> that's like, like oh I'm buying coffee and I and I just like met this person and it's amazing and we have a happy ending. So that's always my my thing. But going back to creating a collection, it's always like how I feel during that time. Like if I'm feeling happy, then the collection is just so colorful. If I'm going through something, like if if I'm sad or like something happened to my personal life, then that's how I see the world. Like I tend to forget that there's also people around me, like, you know, they're happy, but I'm sad. And I want them to feel that I am sad through my clothes, through the color palette through the, the silhouettes of it. And right now what we're working with is the whole minimalistic. So I have like, um, yeah, I've done so many like minimalistic change in my life from the last few months. And it's also reflecting now to my collection. So when you look up my work in the previous collection, it's so detailed, it's so beaded, it's glamorous, it's so much. <laughs> there's like, there's so much of so much, you know? But this time is completely the opposite. You, when you see it, you're like, oh, are you okay? Because, <laughs> you know, I was like, it's just, it's all about the silhouette. It's all about the cut. Like, and I think as I am getting older in this industry, I also realize that sometimes you don't need to have so much. Sometimes you need to step back and enjoy that moment without really being so much. And that's where I'm at right now. And that's why the minimalistic collection is gonna be released hopefully next month. Um, it was supposed to be released during LA Fashion Week back in March. Um, however, you know, the whole pandemic happened. So we canceled the show, and but we're still going to release them. So it could bring some smile to our audience or to at least to our followers that follows what we're doing. You mentioned your collections like being inspired by how you're feeling at the moment. And you said this most recent one, someone might look at it and be like, uh, okay, are you okay? I mean, <laughs> there's so much going on in the world right now. Like, what are you feeling? What are the emotions that inspired your most recent work? You know, I think um, I'm still, I feel very, very blessed to be doing what I am doing despite of what's happening in the world right now. You know, we've never been busy. We have been busier as ever. And I think that's because you know, like we have so many little projects that we do outside the normal things that we do, because right now we can't really make a lot of wedding dresses. We really can't do like red carpet um, dresses. So that part of the job is on hold right now. However, that was being replaced by producing face masks, producing all these other things and sweaters and loungewear and all that. So I'm diverting my focus right now to what we need. And I think it's very important to be able to be adaptive. You know, so I'm bringing in my, my aesthetic on my, on my brand into more of a ready-to-wear because not everybody right now can wear the gowns or there's no prom season. There's no wedding right now. So, so I just want them to wear Kenneth Barless even though they're just doing grocery shopping and or being at home, being comfortable and being cute, you know? So 
Yeah, and this is like one of the actually, like my sweater that I'm wearing. So this is our like emblem logo. So I don't know if you can see it. So yeah, so everything's like hand embroidery. So I still keep myself pretty busy as well as my staff. Because I was like, you know what? If we are focusing ourselves to what's going on in the world, the negativity of it, you know, because it's just so much going on, it's going to drag us down. But if we are focusing on what we love to do every day, even though little steps like that keeps us in that positive way. So, yeah, that's how we do it. This is um, a San Diego specific podcast, obviously, called Name Drop San Diego. And so I wanted to ask you, we did go a little bit into history, as you said before, but uh, can we ask you a little bit more about what it was like for you when you first moved here? Um, you came here from the Philippines, you said. Uh -huh. um, so what was your first impression of San Diego and how, do you, um, how did you feel about it, you know, getting used to the community here? So moving, okay, a little history where I come from in the Philippines. So my parents are basically in the military base. So I grew up in a very like, think of it, it's like at the end of the end of the Philippines, like at the very tip of it. So it's called Pagadian City in the Philippines. So think of it as like a San Diego, like we're on the border of like, you know, Mexico, like TJ and San Diego. So kind of like that, but it's in a military base, nothing like San Diego. So I grow up not really thinking about there is another place besides where I'm at, you know? I never seen any magazine, uh, I never seen any magazines. I mean, we see them, but it's like, oh, what is that? Like, we're not gonna spend money on that, you know? And then, and then yeah, moving to San Diego, because my mom is here, my whole family are here. So it's like a culture shock for me because I was like 15, 14, 15. I just graduated from high school. You know, you are going through your transitioning of being a teenager, trying to be cool, trying to fit in, trying to do what you wanted to do. But at the same time, there is like a language barrier. Like I thought learning how to speak English from the Philippines, know how to read about it, know how to write English is good enough. But it's actually not because when I moved here, it's so hard for me to understand anybody. And I was like, what are they talking about? They're speaking English. But I was like, in my head, I don't grasp it. I was like, I am having a hard time. And I think, you know, like now thinking about it, there's so many slang words we, we speak. They're like the accents of American. It's just, you know, it's just so distinct. Like, and for us locally, we're so used to it. But when like a foreign person listening to us, we have that accent, just like anybody else in the world. And going to school with that, it's such a, I don't know, it's, I'm, I had a, a hard time um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do at the age of 14, 15. And I was in college that time. So every single word I have to write, because I don't understand. I was like, what does you mean about that? You know, and learning sciences at the same time, my head is just exploded. I was like, this is too much. But it took me about, I would say, two years, like two years to finally get to know myself as a teenager, to know what I wanted to do, to understand the culture, to be able to create my communication skills slowly, you know, and create friends because it's completely different. It's like moving from the other side of the world and starting your life from scratch, basically, you're creating a new world for yourself. 
and you have to be adaptive. So your ways could have, you know, there's always like a hit and miss. So you need to be able to, to do that. I think that totally speaks to your dedication. You were saying how, uh, you know, being in the fashion industry is not easy either, right? And you have to be super determined and just sort of stick with it. How else do you feel that uh, being an immigrant has shaped you personally? So that's really a big, um, I would say 80% of my motivations comes from that, you know? I remember when I was 16 years old, I was working in a fast food chain in National City. You know, um, it's called Jollibee. So I was outside, like on my lunch break, I was 16. I was like, you know what? This is my second life, basically. You know, when I say my second life, because now I can really go to what I wanted to do. So I really stood up to that, to my friends. I'm like, because all of my friends are always hanging out together, doing things together. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think when I had that click moment in my life, I was like, I wanted to be different. I wanted to do what I wanted to do, not just because I am being peer pressured. You know, I don't want to follow where my friends are working because that's what happened during that time. They're like, if my friend, uh, one of my friends, like, you know, um, quit in one job, all of my friends follows and they all work in the same job, you know? So that's kind of like that small world that I was in. But then I was like, this is my second life. I need to do something about it. I need to stand up and really make a life of my own and my story of my own. And that's when everything started. And I just, yeah, went out there, get out of my comfort zone. And I'm so happy I survived and I persevere. How would you say San Diego has played a role in your career as a fashion designer? Because you, is it a conscious decision to keep your brand here and to, to keep being a part of this community? So first of all, actually, I have a lot of friends that, you know, are fashion designers that the, the moment they have their, their names being recognized, they move to New York right away. They move to New York, they move to LA because our constant imagination is that when you are a fashion designer, you need to be in those cities because they're bigger, there's more opportunities out there and all that, which is amazing and that's so true. But I think the way I, I think back about it, because I, I always get asked that question, I always ask myself about that. You know, like for me, I did the, the opposite. I kept San Diego as my home base. I go to New York twice, three times a year to do fashion weeks, to meet with clients. I go to LA, you know, I go to Paris, I go to all of these places for work. But at the end of the day, like what I said, it's just for work. I don't want it fashion design to be my lifestyle. That is the job that I pick and I'm keeping it that way. San Diego is my home base because my family are all here. I enjoyed my life outside work as well. You know, I visit my grandma, I hang out with my mom, I go shopping with them. You know, we, we go to our local favorite restaurants and just living like that is really, I think it meant more than what the glamour side of fashion can give in a different city. Can you tell us a little more about San Diego's fashion community? So I think fashion, um, San Diego's fashion community is very hard to like take them out of their comfort zone because in the beginning, we, I mean, we just love to wear t-shirts, shorts. Um, we're just so chill people here in San Diego. We want to be comfortable, you know? If we can just be in our sweats all day and like sweaters, why not, right? 
So for me, especially my aesthetic, I, I love formal wear. And that's something that I just able to like, it's like a dream for me, creating a formal wear, creating this evening gown. It's like another side of like a world to me. And I wanted to, I want to be connected there. So bringing back that to the community is such a opposite. It's like, it always clashes. It's always fighting. So I was able to find my group of clients, group of people that enjoy what I enjoy. And, you know, and they do galas every year. They go to private events. They have special gatherings, you know, and there's still a lot of those people here in San Diego. Like what I said, I, this is my home base. I travel for fun. Right. And and I have a, I think I'm just so lucky enough to be connected with those people. So now I may not be for everyone in San Diego because of my aesthetic. And that's why I'm reaching out to like my t-shirts line, my comfy line, you know, my, my sweatpants, my sweaters. But at the same time, I really wanted to keep the, the other side of imagination because I believe that should be art is all about. Like when you see an art, like, I don't want to make it like so perfect because when it is, there's no room for, for imagination anymore. And I want you to, to like, cause you know, when you're wearing gowns here, the first thing is, where are you going to wear that? That's the first question. Um, I, I don't really like, I don't like dressing up cause it's San Diego, you know, but, but I'm so privileged to, to have a group of people that do enjoy that. Being the t-shirt and jeans crowd that we are, can you please give us just some fashion <laughs> advice? Like what's one thing we could, like one low-hanging fruit we could all be doing better just to look like a little more stylish? I think um, we just have to be really comfortable. I think that's my number one thing. You know, whether whatever you're wearing, if you're wearing like an, a long gown, a fitted dress, uh, um, whatever you're wearing, I think the first thing is you have to be comfortable. And your outfit should always be appropriate to your events. Not because you just want it to be comfortable. When you go to this gala, I've noticed a lot of ladies are wearing this mini dress, fitted, like they're going to clubs. Like, ladies, you can wear that when you go out, you know? Yeah. But try to get up <laughs> from that once in a while, right? It's not gas lamp, gas lamp trends. Yes, it's like you see these girls like carrying their heels after the parties because they can't walk because they have all this like huge ass platform thinking <laughs> that they're going to be so tall <laughs> wearing them and it's not just going to work. So going back to that, I think you always have to be comfortable because when you're comfortable, you feel good. And when you feel good, you look good. So that's how San Diego should be like. Agree. I hope before all the clubs open back up that we get some listens to this because I think there's some major fashion <laughs> advice needed out. <laughs> I know I need it. Um, okay, so for those who don't fully understand how like the fashion industry works, I wish we could show those illustrations that you did because they're so detailed. They're just so, I mean, that was just, it, it explained a lot to me just seeing that, but like, what is the process for you from start to finish of garment? Obviously, you don't want to give away all your industry secrets, but like, what role do you play in your brand? You do the drawings. I see a sewing machine behind you. Like, what do you actually do day to day, like a day in the life? So I'm very hands on with my product. And if I feel like it's not good enough for me, then it's never going to be good enough for anybody else. And that's how I always keep my, my 
product like that. But going back to my role every day, so I have, I have basically, I have a lot of teams that do different kinds of projects. You know, for example, our local seamstresses here, we have, I have a pattern maker teams, I have illustrators, I have all these people that are just making sure every corner of the brand is being covered as much as we can. We even hire our, our publicist, but I am just, because I'm so hands-on and I love being busy and I stay busy, I always go to their like um, thing for approval. I always start the sketches and then I, I approve them, make sure that it's how I wanted to make it look like. And then I have an illustrator who transferred that sketches, we scan them and everything, and then transferred it into Photoshop. So that's the whole different um, game. And then that's how everything moved forward. And then in terms also of the product, before we put them for sale, I test them personally, especially like the menswear. Our menswear, you know, it's so hard to find good clothes for men nowadays. You find clothes like in our local stores, but it's just so basic. There's nothing to be excited about menswear. And I think as a fashion designer, you know, that's like a job for me to take that I could dress my men, my guys better. You know, we can, it's okay to wear floral shirts. It's okay to wear lace shirts. It's okay to, to get out of that comfort zone. And that's where my role is, like taking that ordinary life and then trying things out. And hopefully, you know, if I won't be able to convince 100% of people to wear what my design looks like, at least if I'm able to dress 10% of the population, then I did my job right. How do you approach uh, designing for men versus women? Is there a difference? There is. I think, personally, I think, because when I design my menswear, I always think about what I like. So I don't think about like this masculine guy that would wear my design. You know, I'm always thinking about the guys like me that, you know, I like colors, I like patterns, I like being different, but yet at the same time, it's comfortable. I wanted to wear something nice that I can wear over and over and over again. It's not like those fast fashion where, yes, it's cheap and affordable, but after a few days or after a few washes that you do, it's gone. It's done. And you have to buy new clothes again. So those are the two different things that, um, you know, that I think you just have to, it's a personal preference, I think, at the end of the day. But um, yeah, but going back to menswear and womenswear, womenswear, it's like my my alter ego <laughs> i see it as an alter ego I, I want the i want my woman to be more fun to be more classy to 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 be on that level like what i said i'm very hopeless romantic i am drive with with fairy tale like so i wanted my woman to be that i want them to to be chased by guys and not the other way around i want my woman to feel good about themselves in any size they are in, in any skin color they're at. You know, like I want them to be that woman, comfortable and confident. And it will reflect to what you're wearing. And, you know, for, and for the menswear on the other side, it's the same thing. Like get out from your comfort zone of what is everybody's wearing. So if you're wearing a t-shirt, then wear something like a nice t-shirt. You know, if you're wearing like a, a simple outfit, 
that's okay. But wear a, a nice, simple outfit. You know, always have that extra touch of what you're wearing because we're only young for so long and this is the time to enjoy it. Because tomorrow we're going to be a day older and as we are getting older, our body is changing, our, our mindset is changing. So we should celebrate our youth every day by, by showing who we are through our clothes and personality. You have already accomplished so much in your career at such a young age. I'm just wondering, what is the next step for you and where do you hope your career takes you? You know, I think um, from where I'm at right now, I just wanted to, to reach out to more people. And that's why we're starting a ready-to-wear line because I don't want the people to just think that they have to wear ball gowns or, or fancy suits just to be able to wear our design. I want them to, to see us a, a brand that they can enjoy daily as well. That's why we're doing our ready-to-wear, like from t-shirt line, um, sweaters, hoodies, you know, purses. We have even up to like illustrator greeting cards. I want them to, 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 to think of us as just not just the glamour side, but they can, they can use Kenneth Barless in their daily if they want to. Hearing the way you described how you get ready to go out different places, and I know you said you like to spend time with your grandma and your mom shopping and that kind of thing. Here in San Diego, you know, you've been in New York, you've been to LA. What are the things you like to do here, though? Or what do you feel like getting excited to go get dressed up for? Or just what are some of your favorite things here? So my, my top three, I would say, my top three favorite things here doing in San Diego is like, you know, like um, me and my mom are such fashionista. Like when you see us on the street or in the mall, you like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope I do see that Like sometimes. we just love to dress up. Like I think and I get that from my mom because my mom literally won't go out of the house if she's not fixed. She have to have makeup on every day, even from a very, very light makeup. Her hair is done. She's wearing her like high, like um, the, the studded shoes, like, her outfits are always matchy with her purse. And I think seeing that in my daily life, I thought that's normal. <laughs> you know, and I thought that's how it's supposed to be. And I think that's where I developed my, my vision on how women should look like. And my mom is such a great inspiration to me on a standard of dressing up, of how to put things on or where to spend your money. You know, and then we love to go to 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 eat in our favorite restaurants and you know and just talk for hours and laugh about things and talk about what we're wearing why it doesn't match why you know things like that and it became a conversational piece and it's just a great time and then you know that's number one second we just love going to the mall we love supporting our locals we just love to shop you know, and I think as a designer, I, I always like value that. I always enjoy creativeness of people from different brands. And I, I always find pleasure in looking things like that. When I go to, when I go shopping with my mom with purses, I'm like, oh, like I love the accessory of this. Oh, I love things like that. And it gives me like the fulfillment every day. And then, yeah, and then um, lastly, just visiting my family and friends, looking, looking cute, you know, and taking photos, taking selfies. And yeah, those are just simple things that we can do every day, but do it with great pleasure and just enjoy, enjoyment. 
you kind of just naturally did this, but you know, this podcast is called Name Drop because at the end, we like to ask uh, our guests to name drop somebody in the community here locally who has been a big influence on you or just somebody that you would like to show appreciation for. So now's your chance to name drop someone. Okay, well, I actually, I think, I mean, first of all, I wanted to name drop my mother, you know, for inspiring me and guiding me and giving me like the life I'm living. You know, um, her name is Boots Barnes, like the shoes, boots, like that. So it's very easy to remember, Love Boots it. Barnes. And then obviously my grandmother, she always been my supporter since I was like a baby. And up to now, she's still still there for me every day. And she literally calls me every day and do FaceTime. She's like, what are you doing? Where are you at? What, you know, like <laughs> stuff like that all the time. So, and I think that's the joy they living here in San Diego because when you miss your family, it's just around the corner. You know, they're just there and yeah, and then we need to work then go fly somewhere. If you're bored of San Diego, go on vacation but there's no place like home. This episode of Name Drop San Diego is brought to you by all the sad clothes in my closet that are feeling even more <laughs> neglected after Kenneth told us to keep dressing up even in quarantine. If you liked this episode, please check out some of our recent interviews, including a talk with civil rights activist Shane Harris and author Shilpi Samaya Gouda. Name Drop San Diego comes out every Tuesday on your favorite listening apps. We hope you'll join us then. Bye.